Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. Uh, I'm going to cram the message today into uh, our series, Made to Worship, which isn't really much of a cram because it is why we're here. And for the last 15 years, Generations Church has been existing. Primarily, our our soul, our, our initial purpose is worship. To be worshipers in spirit and truth, to be worshipers by our deeds, by our actions in fulfilling the Great Commission. And uh, it's not a hard thing for me because I understand how we were made to worship. And it has been a pretty amazing 15 years, and I'm excited that it's not the end, but actually just another beginning of something really amazing. Yeah. And, and my goal is, as I was considering this, and this was a, this was a message late coming for me. I really wait, waited on the Lord for, the, for a right sense, but uh, the, the thought that the Lord actually dropped into my heart as I was working on it, uh, what I would call finishing it this morning, which was not a whole lot of finishing, but rather constructing, um, he, he dropped it in my heart that while we're celebrating 15 years, God is looking 15 generations. And, and, and for us, our purpose is revealed in who we are and what we are trying to build as a church with a heavenly culture is it's a church, we've said this over the years, this is a church for every generation. But, but Lord, if you've given us 15 years, we're now asking for 15 generations. Come on. 15 generations of sons and daughters in the flesh and in the spirit who serve Jesus, who love him, who are called according to his purpose, moving into this world to take background from the gates of hell and to bring people into a relationship with God to serve the work of the Holy Spirit in this world. That's what we're asking for. It's a small ask, but the Lord does give us permission. He said, ask of me, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. And so, Jesus, this morning, we pause just to say, Lord, would you give us the inheritance that is promised because of our relationship with you, God, adopted as sons and daughters. Lord, we ask for for the inheritance of nations in this city, Lord, in our families, in our province, and in our nation, God. We pray, Jesus. Amen. Psalm 145.4. Uh, themes out the rest of this message for us. And it says, one generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I was fortunate to grow up in a Christian enough family, sorry, a really weird terminology to use, but it's the words I have, where I had parents and, for the most part, grandparents who actually did this. They told me about the great things God had done for them. And that allowed me to understand faith in God in a different way than many people get to start out. And I'm so grateful for that. But the transition of generational wealth, unfortunately, usually works this way. And that is the first generation starts the wealth. They they initialize wealth. The second generation builds the wealth. And the third generation sells out and exploits the wealth and loses it all. And that's actually a statistical reality uh, in the world. But it can't be the reality of a church. Can't be. If one generation to the next declares the works of God, declares his mighty acts, then that generation should allow that to be the floor on which they build the kingdom of God. And it should actually never go away because it wasn't ours to begin with. It's only building with what God has given us to build. It's only establishing what God has given us to establish. And it's only moving in the direction that God allows us to move. So really, it's all him. We're just privileged to be a part of what he's doing. 
There's no reason for my son's or my grandchildren's generation to drop the move of God. Because he is faithful from generation to generation to generation to generation. He always has been and he always will be. So when we started Generations Church, and I'm going to take a walk down memory lane. And honey, if you want to at any time, you can jump up here and correct my story and grab your mic and, and, and dive in. Um, I'm, I'm hoping not because you would make it longer, but it just would be longer if we both did this together right now. Uh, but you're allowed to come if you want. Um, we started Generations Church in half of a duplex. And our living room, or what you might call our first sanctuary, uh, if I remember right, was 12 by 10 feet. That's not very much space. In fact, most of our rows are that big right now. Uh, 12 by 10 feet, and I think I'm being generous because it was a really small house, and because it was so full of good memories and joy, I guess it feels bigger than it probably was. Uh, eight people actually put us over capacity in that living room, uh, by a, probably two bodies at least, uh, but we had overflow seating, so overflow seating uh, was in our kitchenette, I think you would call it, which was eight by ten at best. I think it was maybe, Marilyn would probably remember because she lived on the other side, probably six by ten. Um, and, uh, and that was great except for that the kitchen table, which seated four people, took up all of that space. So that was our overflow. <clears throat> we were really blessed uh, as we started out after that point with seven or eight or ten or twelve of us maybe gathering on a living room floor. Uh, that a fellow that had joined our church, a friend of mine that I played hockey with actually, said, hey, I got a nice big new house, why don't you guys come and have church at my house. And we said, thank you, Jesus. And we moved over there. And it was a monster of a place. It was big and huge and nice, and the carpets all smelled new, and the paint smelled new. And we were like, oh, dear Lord, please don't let our toddlers destroy this guy's house. <laughs> and they didn't, although they did drool. They did make diapers smelly. And um, that went really well until one day he called in sick and said, hey, I'm sick. Nobody can come over for church tonight. And then the next week, he called in sick again. And then the third week, we realized, oh, he's, he's not letting us meet at his house anymore. <laughs> and uh, that led to an awkward conversation where, uh, well, I don't need to go into those details, I guess. But it led to an awkward conversation that left us out of a place to meet. And, uh, and in that moment, I said, Lord, huh, we have put everything on the line. And we have nothing. We have no money. We have no options. God, what do we do? And by the way, that was the first time of many times that I have prayed that prayer. But God was faithful, like he's always been. And so we were able to move our church, our little fledgling generations church, to the Dunes Golf and Winter Club. And if you're a, a pastor or know anything about pastoring, that seems like heaven. Church on a golf course. What could, what could be better than that? Well, we met at the Dunes Golf Course, and it was a great time. And some of you, I remember... That was your first time at Generations Church. And I, I'll never forget. Who was there? Who, who, who remembers coming to church at the golf course? There should be a couple hands that go up for sure. Yeah, there's a few. All right. So we went to the dunes, and as much as we loved the idea of pastoring a church and being on a golf course, uh, that, for one reason or another, came to an end and fell apart. And so we moved into town to the upper room above a carpet cleaning business. Yeah, sounds cultish, doesn't it? Did you ever watch the Seinfeld episode where the carpet cleaning cult is trying to get everybody? It's good. You should watch it. It's pretty. It's a pretty good episode. And um, we uh, 
we moved in up there and we renovated it and that's where we actually got to hold our first public service. Yeah. It was incredible. We renovated that little space so that we had room for coffee and, and we made it very accessible for people unless you couldn't go upstairs. Because yeah. we, no, we had no way, but we did carry somebody up the stairs once or twice in a wheelchair and uh, you know, we, made, we made it work. And um, like when you have a plant that is not doing well in your house, mostly ladies, I know there's a few of you men who are horticulturists at home, but like when you have a pot and uh, it's too small for your plant, when you move that plant into a bigger pot, actually naturally by the processes God has spoken into nature, things will actually grow. And so our little upper room space allowed us to grow as a church. Now we renovated that space in such a way that we could have a worship area we could have a bathroom area, and we were kind enough to put a partition wall between the bathroom doors and the main sanctuary, which was good for people who felt uncomfortable going to the bathroom basically in front of a lot of other people. Um, our kids' ministry wing, as we would probably have called it, was a four-inch wall with no insulation in it, and we had, I don't know, what would be the number? A dozen, 15, 16, zero to five-year-olds. In church, and most of them were about one year old. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I remember the day we had to start turning up the PA, the, the mic, and the PA system so that people could hear the message over the roar of the children, who were separated by two sheets of drywall from us. <laughs> and uh, they were doing memory verses, and they were playing and, and singing and having fun, and it was it was an amazing amazing time in the life of our church. Uh, but we did such a nice job of renovating that one of the owners of the business decided he wanted to make that his apartment. So, so after a year of thinking, man, we were, we, were, we were set up for a little while, God moved us again. And that was another moment where I said, God, like, have we come this far just to, to fail and, and to, to not be able to meet and to, and to be crushed by, you know, every, God understand, guys, for a church planter, every step in this process hurts and costs personally. Like literally, financially, it costs us everything. There was a time in our, in, in our life as a couple, as a family, where we were spending, spending on Generations Church three times our monthly income. Three times our monthly income. And we were waiting constantly to be able to pay bills for the church to be able to reimburse those things. And I don't know why we thought that was wise to do. But God is faithful even in our foolishness, right? Somebody say amen to that. Okay, you haven't been foolish enough if you don't know that that's true. Uh, but it is true, and God is faithful even when we are uh, just doing crazy things. It was a fun time at Cleantech because Amy's brother Casey at that time, who may actually even be listening in today, you never know. Um, he, he was working the rig up here. He was a tong hand. For those of you who know what that is, they're, they're a rough bunch of guys. And uh, Casey started coming to our church. And he loved our church because not only did we not shun him for smoking... But he could go downstairs during the, the music or whatever part of church to catch a quick smoke break. And while he was doing that, he would invite other people walking by smoking cigarettes to come to church. And he welcomed them with, hey, you should really check out my sister and brother-in-law's church. It's awesome because it's okay if you smoke. And then he actually had a list of swear words that he told people were allowed to be used. <laughs> and it would be totally fine in our church. Which, by the way, I love. I love. I just, you know... If this offends you, I'm sorry, but I hope we have a future of people testifying about being saved and there are F-bombs in it still. I do, I do. And it's happened and I love it. Because Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. 
and we're here to seek and save those who are lost. So, so those are great parts of my memories and stories. And um, wow, you know, I remember uh, John Stoffer. That's where we picked up John Stoffer in that space. And John has been one of our most faithful serving people over all these years. And I think uh, Terry and Tessa. I remember that was their first appearance in our church. Who who else was there? Who else came to Clean Tech? Ed and Danielle, that's right. I always remember you guys coming in the, the next place. But yeah, you were there. Who else? There's a couple other hands that, that go up too. Christine and Daryl, yes. Wow. Those were, those were good, good times, weren't they? So we, uh, we lost that building. <laughs> it may have had something to do with the fact that the family who owned it was Jehovah's Witnesses, and they did have a problem with a spirit-filled Bible-believing church meeting on their property. Uh, but that's okay, because the Lord blessed us with another opportunity. And while Elevation Worship and Maverick City sing that song, singing in that old church basement, singing hallelujah. Sorry, my voice is pretty bad today because my children attacked me last Sunday viciously, and Loken actually crushed and tore my vocal box, my voice box. He actually injured me. And what did you do, Jakin? You tapped. That's right. I will, I will regain the double crown. I can take both my boys, I don't care what anybody says, I can take them both on at the same time and win. I'm just not going to be nice about it next time. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's right. And all the dads in church knowing what the future holds says amen. amen. That's right. Listen, boys, my father taught me old age and treachery will defeat youth and vigor every time. <laughs> and it's true. So anyways, the love of Jesus filling us all today as we gather here. <clears throat> The Lord blessed us with this wonderful opportunity we refer to as the Gaty. The Gaty, if you don't know, is an old movie theater that existed in Grand Prairie that eventually, uh, once the movie theater people were like, this is dangerous to meet here, uh, they turned it into a kind of a youth concert hall. And it was cool. They had great concerts there. And somehow we ended up connected with the folks who were running and owning that. And, and yeah, they agreed to rent us a space. And I remember that's where I watched my first movie as a kid. And it was Bambi. And you'll never guess who my date was to my first movie as a child. It was my wife, Amy, probably five years old. And I cried when Bambi's mom died. And if you're saying in church today that you watched Bambi and didn't cry when Bambi's mom died, you're a liar. <laughs> you, are a, you are a stinking liar. There's no doubt about it. I don't care how manly you think you are. When you're five years old and that mama dear dies and you don't know what's going to happen to little Bambi. I mean, now as a hunting guide and avid hunter myself. I have a different view, obviously, but um, that's how the world warps us, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, no, the Lord really did. He blessed us with that theater, and um, all those years after my first date in that building, we, we moved in there, and we were met with most of the plagues of Egypt. <laughs> and you think, how can that be true, Pastor Trav? Well, let me tell you how true it was. One Sunday morning, we walked in, and when you breathe in the fruit flies would try to enter your lungs through all open holes, exposed areas of your face. I mean, your ears, your nostrils, your mouth. I think they were trying to get through our eyelids and even into our pores. But there were literally clouds of fruit flies in that place. And we laughed. We, this is like the plagues of Egypt, for sure this is. And so we sent uh, some faithful people down the street to co-op, to the co-op store. And they bought every single can of Raid the co-op had. I mean, every single can. 
And we came back, and I don't know, six, eight of us went through that place, a can of raid in each hand, just spreading the cloud of God's glory <laughs> all over the old Gaty Theater so that we might overcome the plague of the fruit fly. And uh, it wasn't the first, or so that was the first time, but it wasn't the last time we had a fruit fly plague in that place. Uh, but we at least had a couple cans of raid left over to deal with it after the fact, and we, we were very careful to make sure that we helped others who used that space to take out their garbage because it was pizza boxes attract fruit flies, apparently. Um, but, you know, it, it was a great place, and great things there happened. We had people get saved there. We had people, Jared and Cheryl Lee started coming to our church then, some of our, who became some of our very closest friends in this whole world. And, and there were others. Who, who all showed up at the Gaty days? I can't, I'm sorry, I can't see. I'm asking, but I really can't see. It's a great time, especially, as Amy referred to already this morning, the Sunday morning that Jake, and who at that point in time was probably six years old, came running up holding a dead mouse in his hand. Look what I caught! <laughs> and what he had done is he had walked up onto the stage when we were there to set up for worship and picked up a dead mouse from the middle of the platform. Now, why that mouse went to the middle of the platform to die at some point in time that week, I have no idea. But he and many of his friends were inhabiting that place. And, uh, and so that was one of the... You know, we're worried about COVID. Let me tell you what, Generation Church has come through some horrible plagues <laughs> and diseases. Where, where, frankly, I'm amazed, I'm amazed that, um, that some of us survived it, when I think back. <clears throat> so we, uh, we thought, this is a good place for us. It's got our vibe. It's got a concert hall vibe. It's, this, is, this is part of who God's called us to be, so we want to stay here. And about the time we got really excited about that, it was announced to us that the building was being sold out from underneath us. Oh, well, I said to the owner, because we're your tenants, wouldn't it be appropriate for us to have the right of first right of refusal for the purchase. And so they thought and prayed about it, and he got back and said, you know what, you're absolutely right, and the other group that's interested thinks that's right too. We should have given you guys the first right of refusal. So doing our due diligence, we hired a wonderful guy from Pomeroy Appraisals to come down and help us do an appraisal to figure out what the building was worth and what it would cost to renovate and do the different things. And halfway through, halfway through that appraisal, he stopped, and I think Tice was with me, and he looked at us and he said, run. I'm like, what, what are you talking? He said, you need to run away from this place. Get out now. Do not purchase this property. I'm like, why? What's going on? And then he points over to the foundation wall, which was totally caving in. And it was an absolute train wreck once you got under the building. And so we did. We ran. And we let the other church that wanted to buy it know. And we let the owners know, hey, this is why. And, and uh you know, we're, what, what can we do? We, we tried to figure out what could happen, and the other group said, no, we feel God telling us that that is our place. We need to buy it. And he said, the pastor of that church said to me, Travis, what can we do to get you out of there? I said, well, pastor, you could hook us up with your friends over at the Grand Prairie Christian School where we're meeting right here today, and they were meeting at that time. He said, I could do that. And so the next Sunday, we had a unity service between the two churches, and the Sunday after that, Generations Church landed here in this building. But it wasn't in this part of the building. When Generations Church landed at the Grand Prairie Christian School, we met in the hole in the wall, yeah. Yeah, which is a biblical place. I mean, it's in a way, <laughs> in a way of exaggeration, it's a biblical place. Uh, it was the first classroom down the concourse on your left, which wasn't a, class a classroom in those days. It was actually their chapel, and it was all concrete uh, cinder block room, and it could seat about 20 people, 20 adults. And we used a sound system in that space. 
you think it was loud today. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you some history of Generations Church. The reason why everything is so loud here is because none of our musicians who are over 30 years old can hear anything anymore. <laughs> our sound guys, stone deaf. <laughs> Production team, eardrum shot 13 years ago probably. We met in that little hole in the wall, and I literally called it that. And we could same thing, overflow seat another 20 people maybe into the hallway. But even in that time, knowing that God had bailed us out again and again, and we're sitting here going, well, this is good. I guess we'll move into the gym one day. But we were about 60 people at that time, and this gym was huge. And so we finally took the risk, and maybe we were 80 people in those days. We took the risk, and we halved the gym, and we set up in here, and it felt like empty. And it was empty because there weren't that many of us. But God was always a step ahead of us somehow. And not too long after we moved into this place, the, the society board that owns this building said, hey, we're going to do an expansion project. And the, the expansion project led to a wonderful renovation which created the chapel, which we were so grateful then to move from the hole in the wall into the gym back into the chapel, which was the right size for us. And we met in the chapel for a time. And like when you put a plant in a bigger pot, we grew. <clears throat> the church grew. Men of God came through, preached and prophesied, spoke life over us, encouraged us, encouraged our people. And we continued to grow. And there were good times and there were bad times and frustrating times and winning times. And there were losses and there were tragedies, but there were also huge victories. All of the things that we maybe don't take enough time to talk about to tell one generation from the next. In the process of all that time, we outgrew the chapel and moved back into here. And I don't know why the folks at this school on their board, and I served on the board, and Tyson serves on their board still, but I've never figured out why they have been so generous to us as a church. Until I stop and think about why people are generous to you, and it's usually because of the prompting of the Holy Spirit. But they opened their gym to us, and they charged us a very small amount of money to be here. And we ran into storage issues, and they gave storage space to us. They even added these sea cans for storage on the, on the gym wall. And I share that because every single time we have come to a curb, something that would prevent our growth or cause us to have to step back or shrink back from something, what we have seen year after year and time after time is that God continues to make a way for Generations Church. We say, Pastor Chad, why, why are you sharing that with us this morning? Well, obviously I'm sharing it because it's our 15-year anniversary, and it's great to get a little bit of history, and it's great to get a little heart with that history. But why I'm sharing it with you is because it's so important that I declare to you what God has been doing all along for us. And today I'm only talking to you about what's happening in terms of physical structure. I don't have time in the whole year to go through what God has done for individual people. But let me tell you something. That's because it's your story. And what God has done for you is an important part of the journey that this church is on. And it's an important declaration that should be made to your children and to the people around you and to the spiritual generation that's coming up in this church. Do you understand this? That a church has two generations in it in development at all times. Now it has, hopefully, four generations of people by age. But the church will have a, a, a physical generation, which is sons and daughters, grandchildren. 
But there's also a spiritual generation. There are people who come from a place of stagnancy, a place of brokenness, a place of, of being unsaved, and they enter the kingdom of God, and that's a generation in itself. And it's important that we talk about these things because it's important that someone somewhere have something to begin to hang that faith relationship with God on. My faith relationship with Jesus does not exist because I am some great biblical scholar. My faith relationship exists with Jesus because I knew my grandfather knew how to trust him and I watched him trust God. I watched my mother and father trust God. I never will forget the moment on way to church when I was a young boy and somebody pulled in front and my mom didn't scream or she didn't curse or anything, but she yelled out the name of Jesus. Now, it wasn't a big accident, and it wasn't actually a really dangerous accident. But you know what? I'll never, ever forget watching her immediate dependency on Jesus in a crisis. And let me tell you something, church. That is what you and I need to do for the generations that are following us. That's actually what you and I need to do for the generation that has preceded us. Because one generation needs to declare to the generations around it the goodness, the faithfulness, the workmanship of God, and what he is doing in your life. We overcome the enemy, it says in the book of Revelation, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. There's not a lot of testifying going on in churches these days. Because there's a lot of crazy people and we've got to protect the microphone, just, just to be totally transparent. We do, we protect the microphone. But at the same time, we're desperate for people to talk to one another, to get into groups, to do life together and say, look at what God has done today. I don't know how many things we've done right or how many things we've done wrong over the years as a church. I often, uh, as a, honestly, as a very self-critical person, I don't think in an unhealthy way most of the time, but I am a self-critical person. And in my critique of my processes as the lead pastor of our church, I often wonder if, we've, if I've been too much of a break, causing us to move slowly. And I honestly don't have an answer because there are times when I know we should have moved on that. We should have, we should have taken hold. We should have jumped in with both feet. And I have people on our team who, they're, they're those kind of people. Jump in, feet first kind of people. But you know, what happens in a church is that God is literally working all things together for all of the good of all those who love him and all those who are called according to his purpose. And so we've seen it happen again and again. Whether we're moving too quickly, whether we're moving too slowly, I know that some of you have tremendous apprehension at the, at the, at the mention of a building project. Where's your faith? Is it existing? Is it with you? Did you leave it at home? We're all for soundness of mind. But we're more for faith. Because faith is a gift. And it is of God. It's his. Remember we talked about this a few weeks ago. Faith is his gift. And that faith is what makes room in us for Jesus. And when Jesus then activates that faith, it becomes something entirely more wonderful. Um, we, uh, we moved 
back and forth in this building. I tried to add up when I was thinking about this how many times we've moved as a church, and it was really easy to get to here, but it gets a little foggy. I think we've moved at least four times in this building by itself, <laughs> and we have we actually are planning a, a move again. Just so, just so you know, we do have plans to to shift the whole sanctuary uh, because it will help us with a few of our issues. Um, but guys, movement is not the thing to be afraid of. I'm grateful that God has moved us. Because every time God has moved us, guess what's happened? He's provided for us. And when he provides, we grow. And when we grow, people are developed. And when people are developed, it gives us the opportunity to enlarge the place of our territory. Churches have to grow. Christians have to grow. Now, you can search all of Scripture. You will never, ever be able to present me with a winning argument that somehow will justify you and I not growing. We have no choice. They say that the universe is expanding, guys. Growth is inevitable. Expansion is inevitable. The question becomes is who and where. And for what purpose? I want to share this, again, never lose sight of this, because it's so important that you and I understand the need for stories like this to be told. And I'm honestly, I'm not even telling you the best stories. <laughs> because we're going to share some of those over coffee, and some of those over leadership meetings, because they're key to reminding us the why we do what we do in the moments when we're desperate and wanting to give up. <clears throat> But can I just tell you, as great as my stories about this church might be, the greatest, the truly greatest stories, you know where they are? They're sitting beside you. The greatest stories in the life of Generations Church are sitting beside you. And you should look at what's sitting beside you. Look at who is sitting beside you. And you should ask this question in your heart, what is the story? What's it going to be? What does the future hold? What are the opportunities? What sensational things is God going to do in the life of that person? And let me tell you why it's important that you focus on that person, because when you focus on that person, they're going to be able to focus on you. That's why we're called to serve one another. See, because when we serve one another, then no one is actually left in need. And when no one is left in need, we have an abundance. And when we have an abundance, what can we do? Well, we can share it with more people. See, these principles are scriptural and over and over. And I could talk to you all day about biblical principles of why growth is necessary. But I don't think I have to. Because let me just say this. And this is, let, let me, I'm going to say this in a prophetic sense. But I'm also just going to say this in, this is how it is, kind of a sense. Growth is inevitable. We're going to grow. And we're going to grow without some people. Or we can grow with some people. It's just that simple. And it's actually that good. Here is what I know to be true. I'm going to give you two verses that form my, maybe not my entire doctrine, but they inform a good part of my doctrine. Whether it's for my personal life or for the life of our church. Philippians 4, 19 and 20. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. 
Now to our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Pastor Trev, why is it so important that verse 20 is attached to verse 19? Well, context. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's just the most simple answer. Context. But, le- but let me help you just, just wrestle this thought down this morning. My God shall supply for all your need according to what? According to his riches. See, I, probably like you, often think about how I can supply for my need according to my riches. And guess what? I can't. My, my, riches, my riches are not in my bank. My riches are actually right now eating hay and making poop. And they will probably not make any money. Probably losing money on them right now, actually, if I stop to think about it. I don't want to think about that right now. But here's what I do want to think about, that my God is going to supply all my need according to his riches, according to his glory in Christ Jesus. Now, everyone say now. Because, because when the Bible adds now, you need to pay attention. You, you do. When you're reading along in Scripture and it says now, just realize what that is. That's a now moment. It's a now word. It's like, hey, pay attention to this again. Come back to me. Stop wondering and wandering. Stop thinking about the pretty girl. Come back to me. (laughs) Here we are. Now, to our God and Father, be the glory forever and ever. Amen. You want to know why this message is about worship? That verse right there. Because my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now, to our God and Father, be the glory. See, you can tell what someone worships by what they glorify. It's so easy. I, I can see what you worship by what you glorify. Some of it ain't good. And you might be able to look at my life and say, hey, I don't think some of that's good. That's okay. We're all imperfect people being perfected. But we are called to be holy. And understanding and worshiping in spirit and in truth is that we understand the how of to get to spirit and how to get to truth is that we are being supplied not according to our own work, not according to our own effort, our merit, but we are actually being supplied by his grace, his unmerited and divine favor. And that is coming from who he is, his revealed glory, and even his hidden glory in Jesus. And what we simply do as he supplies our need is return the glory to him. That's why we pour out our praise. That's why we have a heart to worship in spirit and in truth. I know that God gives us provision as well. And this is the second verse that informs a great deal of my doctrine. 2 Peter 1, 2, and 3. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the, in the knowledge of God, of Jesus our Lord. For his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. If you've hung around with me anywhere for any time and had any kind of a deep conversation, without a doubt I have said those words to you. Because I'm aware that in every day of my life, God has supplied me with everything I need pertaining to life and godliness. 
He gives everything we need. And it is coming through the knowledge of God. And where does the knowledge of God come from? Well, the Bible. You would have got gold stars for that answer, for sure. But where? I gave you the hints already. Where did my knowledge of God come from? From the Holy Spirit? Okay, well, that's also a very good five-star answer. Who else? Testimony. Of who? Whose testimony? My grandfather's. My grandmother's. My father. My mother. I was even blessed to have aunts and uncles who loved Jesus. Why, why does one generation have to declare to the next the great things that God is doing? I'm going to say it again. It's because that is the hook on which hangs the faith of your children. That's where it's hanging. The weight of your generation is hanging on the testimony of those who have seen the goodness of God. Those who have seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It's a great song we should be singing, by the way. A song that has that line in it. Because you know how easy, how great it is to see the goodness of the Lord in this place? In the land of the living? Um, I'm done. And, um, you know, I'm going to have to have the worship team come back. We're going to end the service differently today. I have one more little thing that, without a doubt, Gil is going to make a meme about and send to me later this week. <laughs> Come on up. And, and let's, we're going to sing um, last song from the set. Uh, Elliot, if I would have talked to you, I just would have had you come by yourself. But I knew you would have an issue forgiving me if I did that to you without talking to you first. So just so you know, though, it could happen next time. Not this time. It's okay. The whole band is here. But next time. Okay? I love you so much. You're, you're, man, you are talented and gifted. And not, ju not just in the talent part, in the spirit part. Like, wow. Um, I can't even express how thankful my heart is today. And I feel pretty crushed. My boys... Some of the boys in our church, they, they got their hearts broken last night in a football game. And sorry to bring it up, guys. You know, I've really, I really woke up kind of with this depression in my heart for their sake this morning. Ah, oh, it just sucks. Sucks when your kids, kids don't, don't get to come through and be victorious. But I'm just so overwhelmed today by the things I can be thankful for. And the key function for our part in worship, in being able to testify of what God does. I'm, I'm just going to give it to you real simple today. The, the key function for you and I to worship, the key function for you and I to be able to testify, do you want to know what it is? It's gratitude. That's the key function. Can you be thankful? Because if you can be thankful, you will have something to testify about. It's true. If you can be thankful, you will have something to worship God for. If you can be thankful, you will have something to declare. If you can be thankful, you will have something to offer in praise. Man, if you can be thankful, you can, you can enter the throne room of God's holiness. The book of Psalms 
no doubt is one of, if not the most worshipful books of the Bible. Some of those psalms were written by David. Some of those psalms were written by Moses. And it's important to understand that because you need to appreciate the oral and written tradition of declaring the goodness of God. And the book of Psalms displays that well. It really does. But can I just point this out as, uh, as we prepare to sing this last song? The dominant words in the Psalms, the dominant, the dominant topics, you could call them, the dominant words are worship, thanks, and praise. They're dominant. It seems like you can't read a chapter without encountering those themes. And after those three, the next dominant theme is requests. So just simply, as we read something like the book of Psalms, if you could just realize this in your conversation with God this week, even right now today going forward, that about 75% of the conversation maybe should be about worship, thanksgiving, and praise. And 25% should be about your requests. And, and don't get me wrong, the psalmist, he made some requests. Like, destroy my enemies. Kill those who hate me. <laughs> Flick them and wipe them off the face of the earth, Lord. Like, he made real requests. Requests that you and I probably don't want to make. But that aside, understand the themes praise, of thanks, and worship. So this morning as we're talking about worship and as we're celebrating 15 years as a church, we're going to close with this last song. Because it's so important to make the declaration of thanksgiving. It's so important to make a declaration of praise. What that means is, is that what God has done, what he's about to do, the amazing deeds. That's praise. Thanksgiving is that gratitude. And well, what's worship? Well, worship is that bowed down part that acknowledges God for who he is more than what he's done. Worship is about who. Thanks is about your gratitude. And praise is about what he is doing and what he is going to do. We're going to have cupcakes in a few minutes. We still want you to be able to come for prayer if you want to come for prayer this morning. But we're going to close just singing this song through. We only need to sing it through like one time. We don't need to do a 15-minute version. And I don't think I can sing. I think I will sound like a chicken being butchered. <clears throat> I mean, I'm still going to sing, just not into a mic. Uh, but I want you to stand because I want to pray for you this morning. I want to make a declaration over you today. And again, if you need prayer, you can still come during this song for prayer, but we also don't want you to miss out on cupcakes. And we're going we're gonna to shut church down a little different. We're going to leave more time for, before we start packing up chairs because, because we want to leave room for you to tell somebody about something amazing that happened today or last week or whatever. We want you to make amazing lunch plans with somebody. We want, you to, we want you to share your hopes, your dreams, your desires, to do life with someone, to connect with someone, to just, to just be real, to be authentic. And so, Father, I pray for every person watching online and every person standing in this church this morning. And, Lord, we have so many things we can say thank you for. 
Lord, we have so many reasons to worship you for who you are. And Lord, we have so many reasons to make declarations about our future, about what you're doing, about what you can do, about what you will do, about what you want to do, based, Lord, on what we've seen you do in the past. Lord, we thank you for the generations that have gone before that have made a prophetic reality come to pass in our lives and how they prayed and how they lived and how they spoke and how they raised their children. Lord, I thank you that there is not only a physical uh, generation, but there is a supernatural generation. And Lord, even those who don't have parents that serve you, that don't have grandparents that have served you, Lord, that that spiritual covering would come over them today, that it would father them, that it would mother them, that it would auntie and uncle them, Lord, that it would raise them up in the truth of Jesus, that it would raise them up in faith today because of the spiritual nature of what your body can do in the lives of people. Lord, I pray that hearts in this moment would become open to receive what you want to do in our lives today, God. And Lord, in all of that, no matter what you do, if you do, if you don't do anything, God, we stand here amazed at your goodness, at your glory, at your grace this morning, and we say, Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for this life. Thank you for the hope that you have put in our hearts. Jesus, we thank you that you have given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Lord, we thank you that in Christ Jesus, that you have given and will supply for all of our need. Holy Spirit, would you just put your finger on anything in our hearts today that you want to? We invite you to speak to us. We want to hear from you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.